The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bengals fans are amazing. They're resilient, they're tough, but they're fun. And I'm I'm really excited to hopefully meet a lot a lot more of you. Isaac has the big game. Then we became a real balanced offense for the playoff run, which I thought was really important. He put on the greatest route running exhibition I have ever seen in my life. He was he was football twenty four seven and that was the greatest part of, of Chad. Times at times uh, early Part, I would tell him when we were throwing deep passes, I said, don't wait too long, you know, because I'm going to get away. You ain't going to have the arm to get there. So, you know, I want to run to the ball, you know. Well, it looks like Duke's in the waiting room. I don't want to keep Duke waiting. He gave us a very limited amount of time. I know he's a busy, busy man. Duke, what's going on, big dog? Hey, nobody. Jim, how are you, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, hey. I'm real busy. I'm sitting on my porch. Yeah, well, hey. <laughs> You know, Joe Burrow has played in big games his entire life, and I would think he will be a steady hand at the at the, at the bow of the ship, and uh, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they take him all the way to the Super Bowl. I really wouldn't. Yeah. Touchdown, Welcome to another edition, everybody, of Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends. We are missing Jamie. He is deep in a uh, gambling tournament, a Texas Hold'em tournament. He's got to be in the finals right now, James, right? Poker tournament. Poker He's winning lots of loonies up there in uh, in Canada. He promised us if he didn't advance, he was going to be here. So, obviously, he's doing good. Kudos to him, and hopefully he brings, uh, brings home lots of money. Yeah, this is his, uh, I believe this is his football spending money if he does well this weekend. So the longer he plays, the more games he's able to come down to Cincinnati for. So you know, right. in a way, this is a good thing. We miss him, but it's a good thing. <laughs> All right, man, we got a lot of stuff going on. Guys, uh, around 8.05, uh, Chris Evans, uh, Cincinnati Bengals running back, uh, will be on with us. Guys, uh, they've been doing a lot of 
digging in and research uh, stuff here on Chris. Man, what a great guy. Man, we're not just a great football player, but a great human being. We'll talk. I can't wait to talk to Chris. We'll hit Chris about 8.05. And about 8.30, we have Charlotte uh, uh, Simons, the head cheerleading coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. A lot of good stuff to talk to her about. And around 8.50-ish, we've got DJ Primetime, Tom. He's the new game day uh, DJ here at Paul Brown Stadium, right? We'll be picking his brain to see, uh, you know, what what tunes he's going to be spinning. Uh, What does he see he can do to help keep Paul Brown Stadium so fired up? Yep, and I I got a playlist to send him, so we're going to be we're going to be good. No country, Tom. No country, James. No country music. Uh, I bet you. Hey, I I bet you he's got some in his uh, playlist. We'll see. We'll see. We'll ask him. We'll ask him. All right. All right. Uh, Let's start off, guys, uh, on this date in Bengals history. uh, Tom, uh, the Bengals check into Georgetown College. In 1997, and they moved from where to Georgetown? From Wilmington. Yeah, their their initial home uh, to Georgetown, and it worked out. You know, worked out great. It just um, the NFL trend was eventually to house everything in Paul Brown Stadium. It you know it was just too much, too much expense, too much inconvenience to truck down all the weights, all the equipment, and then of course you know at a you know, within a day's notice, get it all back and set up at Paul Brown Stadium. But now they had a great time in Georgetown. I know uh, the team and, and management really liked being down there. It's an easy drive. It's a great town and uh, home of the greatest uh, Dairy Queen, I think, in the United States of America. <laughs> as many times as I was down there, I never went to that Dairy Queen. I know exactly what you're talking about. The players used to love it. <laughs> I right. walked in there uh, one night and John Copeland was there with his family. So There you go. There you go. All right, let's do Brand- Bengal Brandon's Bengals birthdays. Uh, let's see who he's got for us today on the birthday list. Uh, I think he has two players today. If I can find them, we got uh, defensive lineman Langston Moore, who turns 40, 41 today. Uh, we have offensive lineman TJ Johnson, uh, who turns 32 today. So Bengal Brandon, uh, Bengals birthday, only two Bengal birthdays today. I thought we might have had a couple more uh, than just two there, so. A uh, couple quick things. I want to bring something up. Tony wanted me to share. Tony the Tiger wanted me to share with you guys. So uh, we're almost about twenty thousand in money raised for uh, local charities here already this year. We got some big stuff getting ready to announce. Uh, Tony's uh, actually selling these patches, and all the proceeds are going to go to American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. There's not a link. Uh, just direct message Tony, whether it be on Instagram, Facebook, uh, or Twitter. Uh, he'll get those patches and stickers and stuff to you, but uh, you can see the prices there: three-inch patch and three-inch stickers, twelve for two dollars, uh, two sets for twenty. So uh, that's a that's a charity near and dear to Tony's heart there. So uh, just make sure you DM Tony, uh, no matter what social media platform you're on, uh, to get that done. So also, let's talk about the Cincy shirts. We'll have some sort of update here soon on where we're at uh, on all the uh, the shirts and the money raised for Ken Anderson Alliance. But guys, man, we uh, there should be a link popping up here soon. Caleb, uh, our new producer, is in the background right now. We'll pull him on here later. Uh, is going to share a link uh, to the uh, the shirts and the koozie, the new koozies. Uh, those are actually should be in this week. Uh, Tom's favorite shirt right there, which uh, James' son Cannon was sporting th- this weekend. I'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute. And our number one best-selling shirt right there, the big tailgater shirt. And those things are nice. I went down to pick mine up. Uh, Friday uh, before I headed up to Indianapolis. That's really nice. And then our, our other show shirt. Uh, we do have uh, a couple surprises coming. As you remember, last week, Josh Need was telling everybody that 
we're going to have a different focus, a different tailgate shirt for every home game throughout the entire year. Uh, let's just say July 27th. Tom, is that the day before training, the first day of training camp? Might be the day after they report. Okay. Well, the day before the Bengals report to training camp, there is going to be a new shirt drop. And wait until you see this, guys. I cannot wait uh, for you guys to see what uh, Cincy Shirts has come up with. But it is sick. It is is a really cool shirt. So make sure you get your shirt 100% of the proceeds. We don't make a damn dime off of this thing. Go directly to Ken Anderson Alliance. And I know they've been selling a lot of these shirts. So thank you, everybody, for, for buying those. That's a really cool thing. Um. Let's talk about the Ring of Honor, guys. Uh, there's supposed to be an announcement. If I read correctly, next week uh, they're making that announcement, Tom. And, and uh, as you and I, as we've been talking for a long time off air, man, it's a uh, wish we could do four, but they're only doing two. Uh, they're only doing two, so you know, we'll certainly there's there's plenty of room on that wall. But uh, and, and there was a, a lot of talk. Uh, I know uh, there was some sports talk radio fodder on that. Um, this this past week and it's it's difficult there are just so many guys that ultimately belong up there but uh i know the criteria for for myself when i voted was uh anybody that i thought needed to be on that wall to help their case get into the hall of fame that's who i wanted i actually split my vote uh with a uh, another fan who does not live close and does not have season tickets and does not even live in the country I gave him the uh, uh, option of, of taking that other vote, and uh, his vote, I assume, his other, uh, the other vote went to him. And uh, if he wants to disclose that next week when he's here, he can. But, I, you know, I very proudly voted for Willie Anderson, and uh, if I could have voted for him twice, I would have. No doubt Willie uh, deserves it. Uh, my, my thing is, last year, if you remember, when they, the initial four went in, they did the ceremony on, on Thursday night before the game. So hopefully, if logistically, if they can make it happen and if they do another dinner slash event, do it Wednesday. That way, those that uh, have a big tailgate in the southeast corner of uh, Paul Brown Stadium could attend it on uh, Wednesday night. So that's my, uh, that's my wish, um, honestly. I, I voted for Willie too, and I can't remember who the other person was that I, I voted for. What it been about two months ago, six eight weeks yeah. ago that um, that we voted. Um, honestly, I can't even remember who the other person was. As Tom said, um, I think Willie's uh, somebody that that needs to be in, and then I think there's a lot of people up for that uh, second one. So it's going to be interesting to see who gets that. But uh, again, if we can just do that dinner event, um, second Ring of Honor party Wednesday night before. Uh, Bengals uh, front office, if you're listening. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that's for the Bengals front office. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and, and I know Willie's coming. You know, I know there's going to be a lot of people in town. Willie's trying to make it into a game. If, if he makes it to the Ring of Honor, he's going to be at that Thursday night game. I can tell you that right now. Um, also, the July 31st show, guys. Uh, you know, Tom and I and James and Jamie and, and Caleb, we're, we're trying to um, – we've got a lot of – Hall of Fame voters that we're talking to right now that a couple of the guys we've had on last year, but we're going to focus that entire July 31st show uh, on the Hall of Fame. So uh, they're supposed to be making announcements in August on who their picks are going to be. Uh, there's some stuff going on. They're going to um, reduce the number, uh, Tom, from whatever number to like what, 10 or 12, I think is what I, what we saw. Yeah. I think, you know, from all the nominees, we're about at like 55, 50, somewhere in the fifties, they're going to take it down to 12. Uh, I think you're in the coming days. 
and then make that determination in, in August, uh, sometime in mid-August, as to who the three nominees are going to be this year. And the way we're reading things and looking at the tea leaves, I think what has been politely suggested by the Hall's board is to have two you know, players from the senior committee, but that third one will kind of be someone older, somebody who played in the 30s or the 40s or maybe even the 50s, who's been overlooked just simply because he doesn't have anybody to to push his case. So uh, reading the tea leaves, I think that's what they want. Of course, they want also wanted that several years back, and that didn't happen. So we'll have to see. But uh, I think we all know from the seniors committee the, the two guys that we're pushing and we think are, are more than deserving. And certainly from the from the modern era of voters, the one guy, the big guy, number 71, definitely needs to be in. And they all need to be in yep. now. There's no no point in waiting anymore. They've been screwed over long enough. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, and, guys, I was going to wait toward the end of the show here. Uh, and we're, uh, we're now just kind of waiting for Chris to dial in here in a couple minutes. Um, guys, we're making a special uh, announcement. We'll make it now. Uh, next Sunday, we have got a, a very special episode, probably uh, pretty similar. If, if everybody remembers watching that Super Bowl 16 uh, special that we had, where we threw eight or nine, seven or eight guys on the screen. We have got the 2005 AFC North Championship reunion uh, next Sunday. We have got Willie Anderson, TJ uh, Hushmanzada, Justin Smith, Levi Jones, Rudy Johnson, Shane Graham, Rich Bram, Brian Simmons. We're trying our asses off to get uh, to get Chad. Uh, if anybody has a direct contact with him, or if you want to just overwhelm him on social media right now, tagging about, hey, how come everybody's there except for you? Go ahead and do it. Let's get him. Whatever we got to do to get him. But uh, we're kind of playing with some graphics right now. Uh, Shane will not be the lead uh, guy in this graphic when we're done with this, but I at least wanted to share what we had so far. So it's a big deal, guys. That's a, that's going to be an epic episode for sure. Be a lot of fun. I think people are still talking about that uh, last one we did with a multitude of uh, Bengals greats from the from the Super Bowl. Just great interaction between them. Just stuff that um, you know normally the fans don't get to see the joking back and forth and and all that. So definitely expect that. Certainly some characters going to be on uh, next Sunday and uh, a great chance to uh, catch up with a team that I think a lot of Bengals um, fans started following or, or liking. I think that uh, brought in a whole new generation of uh, Bengals fans that are with us today because of the excitement of that 2005 team. It was a fun team. It was an entertaining team. It was an exciting team, uh, offensively powerful, defensively opportunistic, you know, certainly one of the five best teams in history, but uh, all the much more special just, you know, because of the firepower and getting to follow Chad, his annex uh, that year, which got a lot of, you know, people fired up on both sides of the fence. But, you know, special group, and we've got really special guys. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun next week. I hope everybody's able to tune in. Yeah, and I think on top of that, guys, I, I would I would maybe, Tom, I don't know where you would rank them, James, Tom. I That's one of the better um, teams in Cincinnati football history, in my opinion. Good, James. Yeah, I, I think obviously everybody knows the, the run that they could have had, uh, minus the – injury in the in the first half of the uh of the playoff game certainly that that offense was, was one of the best of the league that uh that year they would just outgun everybody and uh when when Carson went down it was a whole lot of uh what ifs uh going back and forth but uh 
a fun team to watch. And uh, as you mentioned with, with Chad, you never knew what you were going to get every game or what answer he was going to pull. And uh, just some, some solid guys. Some of them will be on uh, the show next uh, next Sunday and uh, a lot of fun to watch for sure. What to look at, I mean, one of the top half dozen teams of all time, certainly the three AFC champions teams that went to the Super Bowl. I think the 2015 team, uh, you know, if Andy doesn't get hurt, they certainly would have been in the running to go to the Super Bowl. The 1975 wild card team that, you know, if they, if they played today, would, you know, everybody be bonkers for them that, that could have gone to the Super Bowl. And then, and then that 2005 team is right there with them. Yeah, I, I'm pretty excited about it, guys. And again, uh, I've got confirmation from every one of those guys that they'll be here. Uh, I, I got a picture sent to me of uh, a couple players. Uh, like I, I didn't even recognize Brian Simmons. I mean, he, these guys when they stop playing, they look good, right? But they're just uh, just not as bulky as they once were. Uh, at, but uh, man, he Brian Simmons was a stud too. Man, he was a great one of the better linebackers in Bengals history for sure. Hey guys, why I know while we're uh, we're getting Chris to to dial in. Question for you. We'll go from from history to modern times. Uh, the sky was falling briefly uh, this week. Hopefully, everybody's been able to prop it back up when Jesse Bates uh, and the Bengals could not agree to another long-term contract. He will be under the franchise tag this year, and, and you know he's frustrated and has, has said he's not going to show up. He's not going to play. Uh, what's both of your takes on that situation? Well, if you look at it, I don't know how many players were kind of in that boat of, of Jesse, potential franchise tag uh, candidates, whether they re-signed or not. But, you know, you look across the uh, AFC at Orlando Brown, huge name there, uh, somebody the Kansas City Chiefs gave up a lot of draft picks for. And, um, you know, they, too, were uh, unable to come to terms with, um, you know, their, their franchise left tackle. So certainly we weren't the only ones. Two other um, guys, I, I can't remember their names, maybe Jimmy or, or Tom, you do, but uh, we weren't the only ones that were in, unable to come to, uh, to terms. And it's just uh, part, part of uh, the game of the NFL, and, and that's why it's in there. And uh, hopefully he'll want to play for, what, $12.91 million this year? Yeah, yeah I, I, that's, that's where I'm at, man. And, again, look, um, the players got to do what they got to do. Their, their lifespan is very short, uh, three to five years, th- three or four year average as an NFL football player. I know they got to make the money while they can. I just my, my take on it, though, however, is him saying that he's not going to sign it and not play this year for 13, 14 million. I'm sorry, man. There's no way he walks away from 13 plus million dollars. Um, but I don't know, guys. Uh, it, they've got a lot of stuff coming up here. They've that's that's they probably see they saw this coming with their draft. If you remember the draft we had, uh, very heavy in the secondary and safety uh, in the draft. And, uh, uh, I don't know, man. I'm I, one of the best safeties in the NFL. I, you know, hoping his agent. I think his agent is one of those agents that really caused some problems for NFL teams. He's always looking for his players to be number two or three paid at their position in the NFL. So it's a tough, tough situation. That's for sure. Yeah, Jimmy. I think you br- you bring up a really good point. But the one thing about Jesse, and we all love Jesse, and when he is on, he is one of those elite safeties in the league. But last year. Games one through seventeen, he wasn't on. Um, you know, he he was not the Jesse we'd learned to count on in coverage, tackling, 
um, you know, and his and his grades fell like that. He he was very mediocre. Now you know what though? After halftime of the playoff game against the Raiders, he turned it on and he was that elite Jesse again, helping make big plays. You know the that play in the AFC Championship game that ended up being an interception with Von Bell and coverage of Travis Kelsey was unbelievable. That play will go down in Bengal lore forever. Uh, and then he had a, an excellent Super Bowl. He had a pick in the Super Bowl and saved a touchdown. But you know, I'm not sure the consistency's been there. I mean, year one, he was fa- fabulous as a rookie. Year two, maybe a little bit of a sophomore slump. Year three, one of the top three safeties in the league. Year four, not there. And I just wonder if he does hold out or does skip camp and does anything to damage his performance during the regular season, you know, what's that say going into free agency again for him next year to have, you know, two bad regular seasons in a row or not as good as you can be. But, I, I, you know, he's a good guy. I've met him. I know his teammates think the world of him and love him, and he is important. He's smart, calls the defense. But, um, it's you know, the other thing is we're not – we've got a talented team, and they're young. We're not going to be able to pay everybody. And, yeah. you know, I wonder if uh, a little of it is, is his position and just they may – as they're developing that that core that's going to eat up the entire salary cap if he's just somebody that doesn't fit. Yeah, good point, Kyle, uh, on that. Again, just an interesting dynamic here on this. But, you know, he if, I don't know if you guys saw the rating, the pro football focus rating, the top five rated Bengals through the playoffs in the Super Bowl. Number one rated player, 100 scoring in a scoring system, was Jesse Bates. He was our top rated player throughout the playoffs. He didn't play like that during the regular season, start to finish, but uh, he really stepped his game up in the playoffs. He did. So, James, you talked to Chris. He's on the way, I think, right? Yep, he's finishing up something. He apologizes. He is uh, He is coming. So, um, matter of fact, it's something we're going to talk to him about. I think it's a youth event that he's uh, very active in in the, in the community. So, he will be uh, joining us here uh, momentarily. There he is. Once he gets, uh, oh, here he is. is. Hey, Chris, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, he will uh, – he will be with us and uh, appreciate everyone's uh, patience on uh, on that. One thing we talked about too, uh, the fantasy football league we had last year, there's already been people asking us this year, are, are you guys going to do it again? The answer is yes. We haven't, um, as everybody knows, uh, everything we do here is, is for charity. So we will be taking the, um, the the proceeds from that, donating it to charity last year was um, Icky Woods and the Javante Woods uh, Foundation. Uh, he came to one of the last games of the year, autographed a jersey. We sent that to um, our friends in uh, Rochester, who uh, the Arnett family, who uh, took home uh, year one of the Bengal Gym Fantasy Football Tournament. Hey, so AJ got will, lucky. AJ got lucky. He got lucky, James. I think uh, Jimmy won one game all year, so we'll see if he can uh, double his win total for for year number two. But uh, again, people have already asked if you want to um, partake in that. Let us know. We'll let you know the, the buy-in and then the, the charity that uh, we're going to support um, through that. So it's uh, it's fun. We'll do a live draft and stay tuned for the specifics on that. Yeah, that that draft last year was comical. It was it was fun. It was a good time. So you had every you had every Bengals player locked up, Jimmy. And I was drafting former player. players. I had Andy Dalton as my backup. <laughs> I had Giovanni Bernard. I was yeah. drafting anybody. You uh, you had them all. Uh, so. <laughs> 
Yeah, you uh, went a little too far granting Dewey Warren as your third stringer, but you know what the heck. <laughs> so. uh, I'm trying to think what else we get hit on before Chris comes on here, guys. We got a uh, let's see. Oh, boom, boom. And yeah, real quick, uh, if everybody right now that's in there viewing, whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, go ahead and get your questions out now for Chris. Uh, Caleb, uh, right now, we'll kind of tag those, and, and we'll try to get to as many of those as we possibly can. So any questions you have for Chris, the very unique story uh, this guy has, and it's a, a very cool thing. That's one of the things why I personally love doing this show that we've been doing for three years now uh, is – when you when you kind of prepare for the show and you're starting to get your stuff together, you start learning stuff about these players and the people that we're talking to uh, that I never would have known if we weren't doing this show. And uh, that, that's probably been one of the most rewarding things to me is finding out not not just the, what they do on the field, but these are most of the people we're talking to are great human beings off the field as well. They're just all about helping people. And you're going to hear some great stuff about Chris tonight. But we've done this for this is season three, guys, and. We've learned so much. We, just when we thought we knew a lot about Bengals history and about Bengal players, we've learned a lot going through this process, preparing for this show, for, for shows, uh, getting ready to talk to players. A lot of behind-the-scenes stories that uh, were never told. And, uh, you know, I think players come on, they feel comfortable. Again, they appreciate all the, the fan questions and, and the support over the years that uh, all the Bengals fans across the globe have been so generous with them uh, on. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, – it's a lot of fun. Caleb here brings up a, a, a hot topic, and we'd be remiss not to to talk about it this week, the new helmet. I think there was a lot of buzz. There was a lot of feedback back and forth. What's the, what's the helmet going to look like? Is it going to be the old retro helmet? Is it going to be a whiteout helmet? Is it going to be something that we haven't even seen? And we got a little teaser from the Bengals, what was it, Wednesday or Thursday of, uh, of last week, and I think pretty clear subtle hints of uh, what direction the new uh, or alternate helmets are going to uh, go with. Yeah, I'm, it was a no brainer. It wasn't a, to me, it wasn't a surprise. I thought it was something that had to be done. Can you imagine a whiteout at PBS Thursday night with the all white uniform guys? I'm telling you, it's going to, Hey, see this Jersey. I've already called cook sporting goods. I got a white one order with black Cincinnati across the front and Bengal black Bengal gym. I can't find – I'm trying to find a white hat like that. It is going to be crazy at Paul Brown Stadium Thursday night. I'm assuming that's the game they're going to do it. I don't know, but I can't wait. What was it? Has it been four four years or longer now when they first introduced uh, the white jerseys for that Thursday night game? Maybe against Miami, was it? Offense. Uh, four or five uh, – yeah, four or five years ago. So now here we come full circle. It, has the NFL have... determined how many games can they use the white helmet for? Did they ever rule on that? I've read multiple things on that. Some I heard that they're only going to be able to use it once. Uh, then I'm like, anytime they wear the white uniforms, I don't know what the official ruling is on it, Tom. But I hope they can use it anytime they wear those white those white uh, uniforms. That'd be sweet. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are excited about it. And again, kudos to the uh, Bengals PR staff who did a very cool video teasing what that uh, new helmet's going to look like. And uh, hey, another opportunity to buy some new. Uh, New Bengal swag as uh, as well, so I think a lot of people have some maybe in their collection now. But I think we'll see a full blown uh, onslaught of the, the white helmets at the pro shop and Cooks and, and everywhere else that right. uh, you get your if, favorite if, uh, Bengals gear from. If the third jersey, we lose the the orange, you know, the I seventy one cone jerseys. If we lose those and go back to the throwback jerseys, 
I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, if the NFL would allow a third helmet like college does for it to be the traditional pumpkin Bengals. I'm there um, for that. And, and, and if our jerseys were like that now, I think. But, but yeah, I think, uh, I think the white helmets is, uh, is a great choice moving forward. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Got it. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, uh, Chris is still uh, on the way back home. He'll be dialing in here in a minute. We're going to Charlotte is in the waiting room now. Uh, we're going to get her on here a couple minutes early and, and hit on some Bengal discussion. There's a lot of stuff to hit on here. So uh, we'll bring Charlotte on here, see if she's ready to go here. Hold on one second, guys. All right, Charlotte, here we go. We're trying to bring Charlotte on here. Charlotte, how are you doing? Can you hear us? I sure can. How are you all doing? Wonderful. How are you doing? Hanging in there, living the dream. You have been one busy person uh, for a long time, but especially this year, you just got doing a lot of different things. But do me a favor, um, Charlotte. You, you've been a. How long have you been? A, tell everybody how long you've been the Bengals cheerleading. How long you've been involved in Bengals cheerleading? It, you, everybody that's watching right now, it's amazing how long Charlotte's been involved in this thing. I did not know this until today. Charlotte, give, give everybody the scoop. How long you've been around with this cheerleading? <laughs> okay, I started actually cheerleading when I. It, when I was in high school, at that time, they allowed you to be in high school and still be able to cheer. We now take them a little bit older. And um, I was just getting ready to go to my senior year. Somebody had mentioned trying out auditioning. So I did it and I cheered for the Bengals three seasons while I was going to Miami University. And during my tenure at Miami, I cheerleaded I cheerleaded with Miami and the Bengals for two of those seasons. So then I, I, I came and went. Um, I taught I taught um, camps around the country my senior year of college. But then Shirley Bird, my predecessor, called me and said, "Your name keeps coming up. Would you consider coming back and being our coordinator?" And I'm like, "Okay, what does that mean?" I went to her house and more or less interviewed. And she said, I want you to be my next coordinator. So 
there's Shirley Bird and then there's me. So there hasn't been <laughs> anybody else. And so I was her coordinator for, um, well, I was basically, it was just meant the captain. I cheered 13 seasons. So, so you cheered at the 88 Super Bowl, correct? Yeah, I sure did. That was my last, that was my last uh, cheerleading on the field myself, um, or personally. And I cheered both Super Bowls. I, I cheered 82 and 89. Oh, very cool, very cool. And then I got a quick video we're gonna show here. Uh, we'll, we'll, let it, we'll let it play. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about this afterwards. So I've, I, I guess the cheerleaders have a, a Facebook page or, or something and some videos, a YouTube page. It's been kind of fun following these guys because they had a hell of a run just as fans and then the cheerleaders uh, going through the same, you know, the whole season, the playoffs and going to the Super Bowl. Uh, this is a fun video. So I'm going to play this here real quick and we'll come back and we'll talk to Charlotte. Oh Start over my head. We're going to cheer to So talk to us. That still gives me the chills. I know I got goosebumps right now. I mean, talk about that experience with the girls and 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 just how they felt and how you felt. That was an amazing, amazing trip. It it truly was, and obviously it was uh, not expected. Um, quickly, it became our reality. So I couldn't, I can't say how proud anymore. How proud I was walking in that stadium with our ladies in their black dresses scooting their orange luggage never thought we would be taking that orange luggage to super bowl but i'm behind taking a lot of the videos i took um a couple of the videos on the bus and i i just watching i keep watching the same videos of them getting off the bus uh the rams were uh second they came after us meaning we got to get off the bus and take pictures outside the stadium and then the uh, Rams came up behind us and I'm just looking at our team and how dressed and how proper. I was just like one proud lady. I got to tell you, I, I, it still makes me. That's good. awesome. Very cool. Very cool. So you've been involved in all three Super Bowls in some capacity as a cheerleader, either actually cheering or coaching. That's just a cool, cool thing. Yeah. yeah. Tom? Charlotte, uh, we have somebody somebody in common, one of your Pro Bowl cheerleaders from a few years back. Um, I don't know if I should going to use her name, but uh, married somebody who's essentially a, another son to me. Matt, you were at the wedding. Um, but uh, so I know, you know where this I, is going. You know, you're talking about. But one question. Uh, will the Bengals be getting new boots this year? Was a question from her. They get new boots every year. See? Okay. Now that was that was a question I was supposed to ask. I didn't know if that was a, a complaint maybe the girls have or uh, Oh no, what? they get boots even when I, I back in the day when I cheered, if you were on the team multiple years, you might have kept seems like I might have kept the same boots a year or two, but since I've been here unless 
we have gotten boots. They've gotten boots every year. In fact, they just got their new boots a couple days ago. In fact, they get boots and shoes and a couple different pieces. What is a, a typical, I want to say work week, but a, a week of preparation like for, for all of you getting ready for a game on Sunday? Oh, okay, cool. That's a good question because behind the scenes, I guess everybody just sees the end product, the end result of the cheerleaders on the field. But leading up to that point, administratively, there's there's a lot behind the scenes. So like right now, let's start with practices first. You mentioned game day, but it, it all kind of uh, meets in the middle with the same fabric. But it's just like now taking my phone, my phone's blowing up with our captains and coaches laying out. I have to see what the schedule is for Tuesday, Thursday. Um, we practice Tuesdays and Thursdays. Right now they're doing three a week. So they're doing Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays, but that only lasts through the month of July, the first week or so in August leading up to preseason. But it's a lot of preparation music wise, you know, especially since um, we've just got this amazing Seth and his group have done an amazing job you know, um, trying to cultivate and make it a great game day experience. So a lot of behind the scenes all weekend, we're listening to music, trying to make sure we choose the right songs. Then it has to be cut, then choreographed. We use different choreographers. So that has to be etched into, is there our timeout 45 seconds? Is it a minute timeout? So what's gonna be the best, 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 best pregame song? Because you're gonna hear the pregame song, you know, every week. So. Behind the scenes, there's a whole lot of kind of just technical, what you might say, boring stuff. But then also mix this in. Aside from the games, the ladies are super busy with appearances. Um, you know, next week I'm getting four people ready for Clark County Fair. You know, there's a lot of behind the scenes of, you know, where they get to go do other things, um, other appearances and so forth. So. Typical week is a lot of hours, and then on game day, um, the gals show up. If we have a one o'clock game, they walk in at eight o'clock um, in the morning and starts the production. So it, it it can it can get busy. This week coming up, it's that's like we have uh, they have their PR photo shoots, so those are all scheduling out. Like I said, a big part of it's administration, but we also have. Um, three amazing line leaders. We have one sharp captain. She's so good. Uh, two coaches and myself. So it's a constant little chitter chatter. And again, I think the beautiful thing of the whole um, piece of this whole puzzle is that everybody has the same common denominator. Everybody has that same inkling to be the best version of themselves, to represent the city of Cincinnati, to represent the club. That's number one. And with that, it makes it challenging at times, but it also makes what keeps us going, what keeps churning and why I've done this for so long or why my coaches have been with me for 15 plus years. It's kind of the same. You should come to one of our game week practices, Tom. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard about them. So, so for the, go ahead, Jimmy. Yeah, so you you just went through tryouts, I think, right? Did you have like fifty cheerleaders, and, and what was the final squad? How many? How many did you cut it down to? And how hard is that, Charlotte? When you you've got to tell somebody's worked really hard to try to get on this team, 
that they just didn't make it. Uh, how does that process work? Yeah, and and again, it's it's heartfelt. You know, coaches, you see grown women shedding tears. Um, we sit right here in the kitchen. Um, you know, after all the auditions, the auditions—they're a huge process. It's not just oh, showing up at the venue and what meets the eye makes the team. No, we go through um, with coaches uh, evaluations, interviews, um, evaluations as far as maybe at the finals, everybody doesn't see that they've already been judged on skill sets. They've already been judged on their interviews. They've already been judged on several pieces of the puzzle. The auditions are actually kind of icing on the cake where it just kind of cements, you know, what the final team is going to look like. But it's hard because we start back in late March, early April. We got a little bit of a late start this year, but for good reason. And we have spent now, mind you, maybe six weeks with a lot of these candidates where they come to all the prep classes. So you get attached because you see a young lady working so hard and wants it so badly. And at the end of the day, only 24 can cheer. I can I can choose 30 because, you know, six people go up on this stage um, during during the other times. And they also do marketing appearances during the game. So with all of that being said, um, it makes it really tough. Um, this year I started doing something I, I had never done before. And most directors around the league kind of really aren't into this, but to show the appreciation for those ladies who were in that room for six weeks and then went into auditions and their hearts were broken. Maybe they tried out two or three times. I've now started, they, they ask, what can I do better? What can I do to improve to come back? At the end of the day, what you have to do better is beat out 24 other people. It is a competition, but it, it's also not just based upon dance experience. That's key, that's number one, but also, can this person represent the club? Can she, how would she do in the community? Because they only cheer 10 or so games, but you know, we're out in the, they're in the community, 90%, maybe the game's 10%. So it's also important, but what I've started to do in the midst of all this craziness is, is gone through my, my notes, the coach's notes, um, consolidated those and then gone through all of the judges' manual score sheets and tried to come up with um, some some substance that um, my goal is to just write one or two each day and say, here's the people that have reached out to me and say, I, here's my suggestions on the future. Here's, try to give them the positives. You know, it's not gonna be a negative email, but I do feel like some people have spent a lot of time in a couple of years so you know it kind of hurts you know and it's hard to let go of some you know there's some we're pulling for but you know they have to get in the top 35 or so that they become a discussion um right. and then you take the 30 top 30 from that got it james you got anything for charlotte no, that, one of the questions I was was how you, you pared them down and how many actually made the final roster was there substitutes, how many started. I think some people, I believe those at the Dallas um, squad had almost like a hard knocks um, deal where they followed them some several years back. Um, so, no, I, she answered uh, most of them. You know, I think what's important, and, and she mentioned this, was 
yes, it's 10 games on the field, but there's so much behind the scenes that they do, the appearances and probably the hospitals and, and things like that that they do that many of the fans don't see. They just see them on, on Sundays with the cheers and at the start of the fourth quarter and things like that. But there's so much behind the scenes that they do that's important. So, it's again, it's not just their dance skills, it's their character and what they do in the community that's important. Yeah. Sure. We, we, we see the girls out and about all across the city, all across the tri-state all the time when there's events going on. So we see them. There's always a, a small handful at every one of the events. I think that's a really cool thing you guys do. Uh, but before we let you get off the show here, I got to make you uncomfortable. Come on. This is what we do. We, we kind of push a little bit, but you got to share a story of some kind. It could be your story. It could be a story about a cheerleader, something funny that happens, something uh, I don't know, something out of the ordinary that you're able to share. You know, this is a PG-13 show, but something you're able to share. I don't care how far back it is, but just a, a story you think would be fun to share with all the viewers. For the real stories, I think we need to go out for some beers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure. You know? I'm sure. Some of the, uh, there's so many, Jim, and I keep thinking about it. Everybody says you have to write the book, and I said, well, I might have to be dead before it's published. But um, the, the, I think, I mean, I do have top 10 stories. Um, I do have top three stories. Uh, but I, I guess I'm going to, in a positive note, on some of the interesting, I think one thing that sticks in my mind right now is, you know, we have a couple of ladies who are from Japan. And I think that's real positive that other people from other countries want to be here. And our team, the organization has been very supportive of me, very supportive of them getting the visas and the A1s and AOs and so forth and getting them here. And, you know, that's, that's, that's been kind of a work in progress, but it seems like now we're able to see the fruits of, wow, by investing in some other cultures, because we do want to work on our diversity as well. And that's been kind of interesting. It's not one of those under the table stories, but it is one that when I think of, wow, what's the legacy? Do I want to leave? What, what, what is it? You know, and I think a lot of it has to do with, with situations like that. And then also just to see the growth of these ladies, to see a girl come in on the sideline. She's when it's not her turn to dance, she's over there with a book studying for her bar. You know, one time we had two lawyers who both passed the exam at the same time. Usually they start studying in July. Um, that was cool. That gives me the chills as well. At one time we had two board certified gynecologists on the team. So I think important takeaway from here is not only are they amazing performers, you know, but they're also very important that their education process and what they're doing behind the scenes because cheerleading isn't a full-time job. So that's kind of not really putting me on the spot. Those are no, moments no, no, that's no, 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 sure. You, you're, you made a great point there. Uh, again, we know a handful of them as well. So that's a, you made a great point there. I'm glad you did make that. So sure. Hey, we look, we, we have known you for a long time. You're awesome. We just keep doing what you're doing and, and uh, we'll see you back in Arizona. We'll see you back in Arizona for the Super Bowl this year. So we'll, oh. we'll see you and the girls there. You know it. Well, thank you thank guys. You. Thank you. Appreciate all your work. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. That was cool. Her making time to do that. That was pretty cool. 
That was, and kudos to her. And, and being with for three Super Bowls, how uh, how awesome is that? So I'm texting with Chris now, trying to get him the um, the link to uh, to log in. Looks like we have our next guest on. So we, again, we appreciate everybody uh, being patient. He's uh, on the way home to get logged in, and uh, we will have Chris. But uh, looks like we got our next guest waiting in the uh, waiting room. Yeah, before we br- hey, before we bring him on, Caleb. Hey, I got my playlist. I'm gonna give the DJ Prime Time. It's the early mid '80s. Early '90s hip hop. We need more of that stuff, and, and, and I'm gonna see if this guy can help us out. So, bring him on in, Caleb, if you can. DJ Prime Time, what's up, Hi. big dog? How's it going, guys? Can you see me and hear me well? Yeah, you're good, man. You're good. Awesome. Hey, thanks awesome. for making time. I know it's a busy night for you. Yes, I'm a little busy right now, hosting a watch party for the FC game, but I make some time for you all. All right. Well, thanks. Um, yeah, I, I know your your feed broke up a little bit there with the, some of Jimmy's playlist. You know, Jimmy's got his own version of, of music and so forth and what's good. But uh, certainly you already have some big league experience. Now you're at the top. You're in the NFL for the Cincinnati Bengals. How are you yeah, going to help yeah, fire I'm... up PBS this year? How, how What are you looking to do at, at Paul Brown Stadium this year? So if – any of the fans out there familiar with me with FC Cincinnati, um, I just like to bring energy, you know, high energy music. Um, I like to get feedback from the fans. I like to know what the fans want to hear. Um, I'm always open to requests and different ideas. If anybody has any ideas and stuff like that, I try to implement them as much as I possibly can. So it's really just giving the fans exactly what they want, which is energy. Um, you know, like I said, it's, it's a party. You know, I want I want Paul Brown to be a party every you know every game day. Sounds perfect. Kind of, kind of let you know, um, there's only one song. Look, I'm not a big country guy, but James is country. How do you make sixty five thousand people happy in the stadium? You got to play some country, I guess, to make James everybody <laughs> happy. But uh, our our producer behind the scenes right now says you have to ask the question. There's, I know the Bengals should be giving you a playlist. Uh, I'm sorry, a list of songs you cannot play. Like, no-go. Like, black and yellow. You can't play that one. You already right. got that. Right? So I figured he'd know that already. But uh, what other songs are on that no playlist? You know, it's just – so anything that's themed towards a certain team. So, I mean, just just as, say we played uh, the Raiders. You know, if we played the Raiders, like, blow the whistle. Like, anything from, like, Too Short or, like, the Bay Area would be, like, an absolute no-go because, you know, that's kind of their – you know, that's kind of their music. So Tradition. just that type of thing. But – but Blow the Whistle, Too Short, James, is a great song. I'm just telling you. It's a, yeah, it's a great song. <laughs> too, too Short's a, a, a great artist for sure. So when interviewing for this job, DJ Primetime, and again, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to to join us. What uh, what were the Bengals looking for to, to change things up? And, and what did they see in you that uh, was like, man, he's our guy. Let's bring him in and, and rock PBS, a sold-out PBS. Yeah, so number one was experience, just having the experience with playing in stadiums, um, playing in front of, you know, really big crowds. You know, I also DJ for Xavier University men's basketball. Um, I've worked with the Pacers, Indiana Pacers before, so I have the experience. And what they were looking for was, you know, they brought in a new game day ops team last year, um, uh, like a game day presentation guy. So he came from the New Orleans Saints, and he wanted to kind of switch things up, and he wanted somebody that had the experience. He wanted somebody that was known well in the city, in the community also. I do a lot of work in the community. I do a lot of work actually in the city. So um, 
that's what I'm trying to bring. You know, I, I've been I've been in Cincinnati now for ten years, and I've got to know the people. And I've got to know a lot of the players. Um, you know, I'm really good friends with a lot of the players, and so they just wanted somebody that was more involved, somebody that had very like a lot of knowledge of the actual game situationally. You know, first downs are not the same as big third downs, and you know, fourth and you know, fourth and goals, and that that type of thing. So it's like the what kind of energy do I want to bring for those special and like uh, individual occasions that'll happen during the game? Got it, got it. Tom, you got anything else? Yeah, I was just wondering. I mean, you're going to have a separate list uh, to the side, maybe to stick the needle to the opposition. Uh, you know, the opposing quarterback throws an interception. Uh, yeah, know. so like those are all those situational things. It's like, um, you know, I, I can't, I don't want to really give away a lot right now. So I wanna, <laughs> yeah. a lot of it's going to be a surprise. It's going to be a surprise. And we actually do have some things that we've been working as a team that we're going to surprise, you know, surprise the fans with this year. That's going to be a little bit different in the stadium. And I think, I think that you all will like them, but a lot of them are very top secret. So I can't give it away. But I promise you, um, once that, once that uh, Pittsburgh game comes, it's, uh, we're going to have Paul Brown rocking. And maybe this is something that's uh, part of the top secret plan, but um, I remember our buddy Craig and I were in Atlanta, the Mercedes-Benz Dome, and I can't remember the DJ's name, and they were proud of him. He was on probably the screen, 90% of dead ball uh, whistles, but he was located up in the um, kind of concourse, end zone concourse, not up in the sweet area, kind of exposed to fans and things like that. Any chance you're going to be out there with the uh, the folks outside? So it's a uh, little bit more difficult in an outdoor stadium because of the weather. Um, that's the only thing with you know with FC. I'm actually in the like in the crowd like you were mentioning, but during bingo season because it's the winter time, it's going to be kind of hard for me to be outside with the weather. You know, and it's cold outside, and then my equipment, and you know, I don't want to get that like. If it's snowing or raining or anything like that, but if I do get the opportunity, of course I'll be with the fans. I know, I know, like a, a lot of the fans do enjoy that. So if I get the opportunity, I definitely will be. So are you going to be? Are you going to be down there? I'm assuming um, on the thirtieth for the um, back to is it? Yes, yes, I will be there for that also. All right, so we we'll, we'll get a little taste of DJ Primetime on uh, yes, July thirtieth down there. So. Brother, man, we appreciate you being with us, Big Dog. Thanks for taking time out of what you're doing, man, and come uh, talk to us a little yeah, bit. So everybody's, uh, Thank you all for having me. Who day? All right, man. See you, buddy. Who yeah. day, buddy? See Bengals front well, office stepping up the game day experience in any way they can. So, you know, well, I think we family. talk about it. it. It seems like every year something else has, has, has changed at, at PBS. You know, obviously the rural of the jungle was, was something new last year. Um, we had the gentleman that, that came on board from, from Kansas City to, for that game day experience. We know all the changes that Elizabeth uh, brought to the, uh, to the Bengals. So uh, just another exciting change, another uh, new addition for, uh, for the fan experience, which I think they realize, I think all the NFL realizes how important it is to get fans to the stadium. It's easy to, to sit at home on a uh, – 10 degree day when snow or rain and, you know, fight the crowd and, and the expense appears, but there's nothing that, that beats being at the stadium, being there for that uh, game day experience and everything that they're doing to, to bring the fans um, out to PBS, obviously uh, put in a winning product on the field's done that with the sold out season tickets this year and uh, excited to see DJ primetime and what he can do for uh, the upcoming year. 
All right, let's do this. So Chris is having trouble logging in. Not sure why. Uh, James, uh, if we could do a couple of different things. You've got your ear pods on. I could call mm -hmm. him on my cell phone and just put him on speaker next to the mic and we could have a conversation with him. Um, let's give him five more minutes. Let's get, he, he just texted again. He's almost home. So he's going to log in from his home computer. So uh, we'll give him uh, five more minutes because we have a lot of cool videos. Uh, we got, uh, we got bonus bonus yeah. show tonight for everybody guys this is good stuff yeah, hey some, I tell you, cool let's stuff. do let's do this let's do this in the comment section the first person <coughs> that puts up a topic uh let's talk about whatever you want to talk about here so um got a ton of viewers right now so as the fir very first person that puts in a comment about a topic they want to hit on we will talk it up and we'll uh we'll put it up for you guys and we will uh talk about that until uh chris gets logged in here so let's see a lot of stuff in here but no no topic. So what do you guys want to talk about? Something specific? <laughs> Not, touching that that Not touching that one, Tony. All right. Here's a good topic. All right, let's go. We're going to go beer. James, uh, it's a great topic. Maybe it's a new uh, a new thing we do, roulette topic, man. So uh, James is talking about beer. I mean, uh, James Harrison is talking about uh, beer here, guys. So let's talk about uh, – I know what James' favorite beer is. James, what is no, your no, but well, no, I wasn't even going to go that direction. I was going to say we had a little get together last night. Uh, some people on the screen were there. Everybody was invited. It was an indie, so I know it was a, a long drive. But our buddy Dell from Sixteen Lots shows up, and Dell never shows up empty-handed. And what did Dell have? A case of the new Kenny's Sixteen Lots beer, uh, new design can. And the same look, just a little. Uh... Oh, James got booted. James got booted. I'll let James, James finish. James assist Chris. I bet. No, he was mid sentence. There yeah. he is. Yeah, I was mid sentence. I don't know. If, I think Caleb booted me off. But um, <laughs> no, that new sixteen lots is uh, is there expected? I think we were talking to Dell last night. Is that uh, it's available in Kroger's now? I believe he said, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, 40, 40 Kroger's. Uh, they got exclusivity to it for a couple of weeks, it looks like, before anybody else gets it. So uh, they are they've been brewing that Ken Anderson uh, day drinking lager uh, like crazy. And do we have a look? Do we have a picture of the new can by chance? Uh, it's the same can, but it is a a deeper. It's a, a more Bengal orange than it was last year. That's the only difference. Okay. Uh, you'll it's noticeable when you see it. It's more of a. Th I think Dell called it a three D. Uh, print this year with uh, a more Bengal orange uh, okay. as, as the backdrop is the orange, which is really cool, which is really cool. And, and we did have a lot of uh, Colts fans up here drinking it and uh, speaking highly of it. And, uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a hit. I see some other things. Uh, John Stanger, Miller Lite really isn't a beer, James. Uh, okay. Hey, yeah, hold on. Hold on before we go any further. If you're ever with James – James is so old school. I don't know. James act like he's 80 years old. He won't drink any beer other than Bud Light. Other than what? <laughs> it's Miller Light. Don't ever give James a Bud Light. He yeah. will get angry with you. The first time I ever went out with James, I don't know how many years ago, I bought a round of beers. It was Bud Light. He took the bucket back to the bartender and said, no, we want Miller Light. He, he will not drink Bud Light, period. No, and we'll not buy it. If I ask you for at a bar, like, what would you like to drink? Bud Light. Guess what? You're getting a Miller Light. <laughs> Sorry. So right. You pick the next topic, Tom. Do you see him? Uh, I, 
can't see anybody there, James. I'll I'll uh, boot it to you then. I'll pass it off to you. Somebody mentioned White Claw in there, man. Logan uh, Logan Wilson is the next one I uh, see. I think we saw some off-season videos of our, our linebacker. Tom, you want to touch on Logan Wilson? The only thing I know about Logan Wilson uh, this off-season is I, I believe he got married. So congratulations, Logan. Um, I, I think he is, though, one of those pillars that the team will be built around. When we talked about, you know, certain guys in certain positions just may not fit. I think Logan Wilson is somebody they want here for the long term. Uh, he's quick, as we saw last year. He's opportunistic, uh, getting his hands on the ball uh, in big games as well, and and getting himself on whoever has the ball for the other team's offense. So I, I think he's a leader. I, I think he's going to be here a while. I think they want him here. And, uh, you know, it's, it'll be a matter of getting everything and, and the numbers put together. But, I, you know, he's another guy. This next offseason is going to be so big. You know, start with Logan Wilson. But you're also looking at, you know, it won't be too much longer. And D.J. Reader is coming up. D.J. Reader might be the most important guy on that defense. He, he, he just impacts everybody and also in the locker room. But, uh, you know, those are guys on, on defense that they, they want to keep. So, no, I'm, I'm really high on Logan Wilson, a fantastic player, works well with his, his running mate, uh, Jermaine Pratt, and uh, hopefully he'll be here for a very long time. Yeah, but, Tom, you know what? This is an interesting comment here. Uh, Mon's asking what position group uh, are we most concerned about depth-wise, and I'll, I'll be honest, as we're talking about uh, one of our best middle um, – one of our best linebackers, uh, one of my concerns on depth is still the linebacker position. Uh, I mean, they, they went through some injuries last year as well. I think if they can get all those guys that were hurt back, and if they are back at 100%, uh, I think they're going to be okay. You know, you got Akeem Davis Gaither coming back, uh, you know, hopefully at, a, at 100%. Uh, Joe Basio, you know, all it just seemed like all the Marcus should be back at 100%. So I think they have some depth there. And, and linebacker, in terms of numbers, uh, unless you're a pure 3 4 team, you don't see teams carrying, you know, if, if their base is a, is a four-down lineman, you don't see them, you know, carrying six, seven linebackers like they used to. It's it's more like five. Yeah. So I, I think they've got their core, and I think they've got some depth, and I think they're looking for some guys to take a step forward with another year in the system. Got it. Uh, here's another one. I think. Hold on ahead, before yeah. you go to that. You mentioned Logan Wilson. The first thing you said about him was he got married. If I'm not mistaken, Evan McPherson got married within the uh, last week, too. Um we had our buddy Scotty Randolph play our uh, party last night. He played at the season opener last year. I believe he was at Ryan Hewitt's Reading, um, another uh, Bengal player. So I think this must be the uh, summer of Bengals weddings there with a so, lot of so, uh, Something funny about Evan. I was at a, a public signing he did earlier this summer. And just like we've talked about, you know, this team is just full of good guys, nice, interact well with people. But anyway, that night, the, the people that were putting it on kept laughing. And I, I said, well, you know, as I was going through this, what are you guys laughing about? And they said, man, the number of girls, young girls, you know, coming coming through here, you know, for, for Evan. But it just wasn't that. It was, you know, young people. They just whatever seemed to, to gravitate to him. And he was just so gracious to everybody talking football to, to the little kids and, you know, not hurrying him through, not being full of himself. But uh, so, you know. I'm glad everything's going great for him at home. 
uh, he and Logan, but uh, selfishly, uh, we wanted to keep kicking the same way he did last year. Yep. Um, James, uh, any update on on Chris? Almost home. That's the latest text. So I'll keep right. you posted. All right. Let's keep talk going. about this real quick. The, not a whole lot of details yet. Uh, I am not going to be able to be there for this. I'm going to be up in Canton, Ohio. Uh, Tony, myself, and a good group of us are, are heading up to, to Canton. But um, we are planning a SWAT team reunion right now. Hollis, Josh, uh, Bobblehead, Cincy Bob's guy, uh, Dell, us. Uh, we've got uh, all three of the remaining SWAT team members. Uh, looks like they're going to be at 16 Live September 3rd, probably 4 to 7, 4 to 8. Just stay tuned for more details. All kinds of cool stuff being talked about. So just stay tuned. There's more more information coming on that. We we're hoping to have more information firmed up for you tonight, but it'll probably come out later this week. Uh, definitely after Wednesday, I think we're meeting one more time to kind of put some of the final touches. I'm just hate I'm not going to be able to be there uh, for that. But uh, there will be something going on with the SWAT team reunion. It is going to be awesome. And obviously everything we do uh is going to be tied to a charity and uh, that charity will be david fulcher's charity which we'll talk more about uh here later in the week uh so that you mentioned uh you mentioned our buddy josh this was a conversation we talked about last night or i believe is this morning about the uh the bobblehead um i believe there's a very limited number of those ken riley ones uh left we know anthony munoz sold out um they have some more coming in the series you look on eBay, they're going for crazy prices, the uh, Anthony Munoz one. So if you're, here's your chance to get a Ken Riley one before they're sold out. Um, Bengals fans, get them. If you haven't seen one in person, Josh and his team, Josh and Hollis, just do a great job with them. 22 left. There you go. Hollis just uh, chimed in. So uh, check those guys out at Cincy Bob's and uh, get one of the the few remaining Ken Riley bobbleheads. Yeah, it, it is August 3rd, if that's what we're – I'm sorry. There's a lot of stuff going on chatter. Maybe I'm getting lost in some of the chat, but uh, that that event is going to be um, August 3rd, if I'm not mistaken. So just stay tuned. There'll be more information come out about it. Uh, we're finalizing a few more things, uh, which would be really, really cool. So, all right. What else we want to talk about, guys? Uh, SWAT team poster. Let's see. Yeah, here's yeah, that, that's true. That was one of the best trades in Bengal history, Tom. BJ Hill, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, that ranks right up there with our, our God love him, our good friend Pete Johnson, James uh, Brooks. You know, with one year left to play in the league, getting traded to San Diego for James Brooks, uh, or you know, Fred Willis and Doug Dressler to Houston for Charlie Joyner. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Paul Brown. Uh, Absolutely uh, nailed that one in 1984, and kudos to to Mike and Duke for for pulling BJ. Because as we recall, the Bengals were light on the defensive line; they needed depth, and he came in with what a, a week's practice, and I think he hit two sacks that first game against Minnesota, or a ton of pressures. I know he, he had one sack and an absolute ton of pressures, but he came in and um, endeared himself to the front office. Got a very nice contract. There'll be a lot of pressure on him this year, but uh, you know, it looks like the starting defensive tackle position is his, and we've got some depth there. They'll be rotating guys through, but I, I think that is the main key for the defense this year, and that will be to get pressure, more pressure, consistently on the opposition's quarterback. Yep. Here's another uh, good um, topic by uh, Michael 
there. Let me see. I just had it. The question was, any leaks for the uh, ruler of the jungle? If I can't find it. Maybe, Caleb, you can find it there. But um, if you have any thoughts, there it is. Any ruler of the jungle leaks? Uh, Tom, Jim, maybe heard you haven't heard anything. How about well, first uh, of all? First of all, if it, first of all, if we knew, there's no way in hell we're going to tell you. All right, but <laughs> uh, I, I have no idea. I have no idea uh, that that that. I thought that was a lot of fun last year. Uh, what were offensive linemen undefeated up there last last year? I think uh, so. I. I thought that was a really cool new game day experience tradition that they started last year. And I can't wait to see what they I do would assume year. whoever is going to be on the uh, ring of honor, you know, that game will either be co-rulers of the jungle or one of them, the ruler of the jungle. But, yep. So there's one. I, I, we, that is, we know that for sure. I would, that's a pretty safe bet there. I'm with you on that one, Tom. All right. Anything else? Do we want to put him on, try to put him on the phone? Or are you still really trying to sign anything? Yeah, let me shoot a text. Keep rolling. Just pick him up. Just call him. Just call him. That SWAT team poster, Tom. That is that's one of my favorites. That that came together pretty quick. I think it's a story there. They were just all in the locker room talking about, you know, it'd be nice to do something. And Lewis Phillips was the energy. Just, we got to do something. We got to do something. We got in, and came up with it. So uh, it'll be neat. It'll be neat that night to, you know, certainly David's still very active in the community, but to, to see him and, and E.T. and uh, national media celebrity Solomon Wilcox and uh, see what, because yeah. uh, Solly still, you know, certainly has his connections here in town, uh, has his radio show on NFL Network every morning. So uh, to see not only what he thinks of him, but what he's hearing from around the nation. Right. James is now on the phone with, with Chris. So sorry guys. Uh, hey, this is, this is why we want to continue to be live because stuff like this happens. It's always good. It's either good stuff or bad stuff. But uh, if we can get Chris on here a little bit, it's still going to be a good time. So this is a great question. I've been asked this dozens of times. Uh, when does the fan of the year get announced? Uh, I can only assume it'd be the same time frame that they did last year. Uh, that was uh it was officially announced on October 21st last year. You're probably going to see some. You're probably going to see some stuff. Probably the next couple of weeks, I think, uh, where you can nominate a fan of the year. But I want to be very clear. I, I last year being fan of the year, I, I don't know who not. There was multiple people that nominated me for that thing. So I think there's a process where you have to nominate and give a short, brief story on why you think your nominee deserves to be fan of the year. Another thing I would tell people on that is. Guys, there's so many people that should be fan of the year, and that's what the most difficult thing is. I would tell you, it could be somebody popular on social media. It might not be somebody popular on social media. It, just share who you think uh, that that should be the fan of the year and, and tell the best story you can. Uh, I think everybody keeps looking at social media that these people should be fan of the year. Deserving probably for sure. But understand, there's so many people that are not on social media that have been fans for so long, have been in that stadium since the stadium opened and been through thick and thin. Um, you know, there's so many deserving people. Uh, it's it's just a really tough thing. But I truly, uh, if they keep the same, if they keep the uh, same time frame as last year, they made the official announcement October 21st. Uh, I think I was recognized, I think, uh, about a week or two before that. 
Uh, then I had to keep that on the DL, and then it was pushed out on their social media platforms on the 21st. All I can do, whoever it's going to be, um, just be prepared to be surprised, and they're going to make you shed some tears uh, because uh, I know I did, and I still probably one of the best moments of my sports life uh, was that that time and then the season and going to the playoffs and going to the Super Bowl, just an amazing run. So I'm looking forward to see who the new fan of the year is going to be, and I can't wait to uh, to see who it is. So let's see what it's here. Uh, right now, our Bengals roadies. And let me pull. Uh, let me pull Caleb on here. Caleb, I hope you're ready, buddy. I'm gonna go ahead and pull you on here. So, Caleb, uh, we've had on the show before. Caleb's behind the scene producing stuff. Uh, Caleb, Caleb, how many consecutive games have you been to home and away? Do not count uh, London, the London games. All right, so 41 in a row, um, and 77 of 81, but two of those are London. So. 77 of 79. Yep, yep. 41 in a row. Yep. So for I don't know how many years since 1989, 1990, I've been going to one or two or three away games every single year. I've always missed going to every game home and away by a couple games. Last year was the first year I went to every single game home and away. Didn't know it was going to be 21 games, but you know, Tony dubbed us the Bengals roadies. We had, I don't know, eight to 10, eight to 11 people that went to every single home and away game. We're going to be at most every one of the games again, Tiffany. I know the one game that I'm going to struggle getting to is going to be that game in New England. We'll uh, get that is Christmas Eve. That is the worst accessible stadium in the history of NFL stadiums. Um, I don't want to be – I really don't want to go to New England. Uh, let's let's see what that game means first. So I'll hold off on that decision as it gets later later in the season. But it, we do plan on hitting it. Caleb Foxborough, you know, where the Gillette Stadium is actually – like five miles closer to Providence, Rhode Island, than it is downtown Boston. That's what I've told as well. Yeah, it's not the easiest. I mean, it's not right off the interstate. Uh, it's you know, it, it's not like Paul Brown Stadium where you have several interstates, you know, right there pulsating and in state routes to to usher you in and out of the stadium. It uh, is very almost two lane road to get to and into the into the town of Foxborough. But um, yeah, it's it's I, I've been there twice. It's the the stadium itself is nice. The, we didn't have any problems with the fans, but man, getting in and out out it, it, it was like two lanes going in, two lanes going out. You got 65, 70,000 people. It, it is the worst accessible stadium uh, in the NFL. But again, didn't have any problems. Fans were fine. Uh, I think the last time I was there was, uh, geez, 2009 opening day uh, against the the Pats, uh, we got smoked, uh, but you've, you've gone to, you know, visit a lot more stadiums than I have. Hey, let me, who are the best and worst to visit, you know, in all, in all seriousness, we, we have fun with a couple of our division rivals, but who are, who are the best has been the best and the worst to visit with? Well, I'll, I'll give mine. I'll let Caleb give his, uh, Caleb, go ahead and start with who's the, who's the best, who's the worst. Well, I know that my worst Jimmy's going to argue with me because we constantly get in a fight about this. But I'll start with my worst outside of uh, the city up north and the city near West Virginia. Those two are obviously the worst, although last year wasn't really too bad. Somehow Tony got lucky and somehow managed to everyone be very generous and nice to us. Um, but I'm going to say Buffalo is the worst. That I mean, 
I, I can't even I can't even say some of the names that I was called here. Some of them I didn't even know were derogatory. Like they, they were coming up with new words to call it. It was it was awful. Um, and that was like two years after the uh, we sent them to the playoffs. They donated all that money to Andy Dalton's charity. I thought we were going to roll up there and everyone was going to love us. And it was quite the opposite. Um, your your best, your best. My my best as far as stadium, or are you talking fan wise? Just, just experience, overall experience. Overall experience. Um, I would have to say Minnesota is the best stadium. Their their game day experience was absolutely amazing. On top of it, everyone was super super nice. Um, we rolled in. I actually drove to that game eleven and a half hours. Awful, awful, awful experience. I don't suggest that. Um, but we showed up to a bar close to the stadium the Saturday before the game just to get some food. We sat at the bar, had a had a couple beers, and me and my buddy that were up there, when we went to pay our bill, uh, the bartender's like, nah, someone already tried to – or someone already paid for your tab already, and someone else tried to pay for it as well too. So we had two different people, unnamed, didn't want any – recognition try to pay for our food out of the middle of nowhere and everyone was super nice the stadium was amazing if you guys have ever been there it's, it's top three stadium in the nfl and their skull chant is unbelievable a lot of people like the uh the renegade song that goes on in the city near west virginia um the skull chant is so much farther away better than that it's it, it's unbelievable so I'm going to say Minnesota is mine. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that. And I don't disagree with you. I, 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 I'm i going to have two different answers on this. But it all depends on how big of the game is when you go to that. What what does the game mean? How, you know, what the fans are. But I can tell you, also, the city up north is absolutely the worst. Guys, I was there in the late 80s, early 90s uh, when they were relevant. Uh, believe me, trust me, they think they're relevant again. It That is the worst state. But we're going to talk anything outside of the city near West Virginia and the city up north like uh, Caleb did. I'm going to go my best experience, not even close, not not even close. Not the best stadium, bleacher seating, awful metal bleacher seats. Uh, Green Bay by far to me has been, was been the best experience. I've been up there four or five times by far fans. The stadium was fun. Uh, The tour, the history, the uniqueness of where the stadium's at in the middle of a residential neighborhood. Last time we were there, James and Craig and Dell and, uh, for who's Ryan? We literally, we literally went across the street the day before the houses that have the the decks on their roof to overlook the stadium and see the. We went in there just to knock to see somebody to go into the backyard and get some pictures. They literally opened up the garage door. We were there for three hours drinking beers with them. Uh, one of the best experiences. I, I totally recommend getting to Green Bay for a game. Just a great time. Uh, Believe it or not, outside of the city up north and the city near West Virginia, the worst stadium, in my opinion, I've been here three times. I, I totally was shocked by this. But Jacksonville, to me, has been was the worst experience, overall experience for me. Uh, yeah, Mon, it's I, I couldn't believe it, man. I was a little shocked. I didn't expect it the first time. Uh, but two times after that, I was it's, – it's the worst. Uh, I don't even want to say some of the things that I want to say right now because it was amazing. Again, every city has great fans, good people. There's different percentages. I, I call it the D bag theory, right? Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a line. There's a every exactly every city has their percentage of D bags. Just asshole fans. I, I you know every city, including Cincinnati. Uh, the 
the bar's pretty high down at Jacksonville. I don't even know why. I can't even begin to tell you why, but that was one of the worst experiences three times. Well, that was also the uh, the Ramsey AJ Green fight, and it seemed like every single person in the fan was invested in the fight. And as soon as that happened, it was like a light switch. Like people around us were wanting to fight us. That I mean, that was that was one of the reasons we started doing the uh, the front row thing was simply to try to eliminate it, being next to all the the D bag fans. It was it was awful. I mean, I really thought that people were trying to fight us. Because AJ Green was fighting Jalen Ramsey, it was and, and what was funny about that. So Caleb James, we were all there. My wife and Lori, and we had a bunch of people out at that game. Uh, this there was I don't know I, I don't know what the number was, but Caleb maybe fifteen twenty thousand Bengal fans, and our section was ninety percent Bengal fans, and it, it got really ugly. And again, three times, not just the AJ Green fight. Every time I've been there, it's been ugly. But those are my best and worst. Best Green Bay by far, not even close. Uh, worst Jacksonville. Again, we're excluding the city up north and the city near West Virginia. I will tell you guys, it does sound like there's going to be a lot of new road trip folks, people going on road trips this year. Look, man, it is don't escalate situations. You're going to get heckled. You're going to get yelled at. It's it's okay. You just move on. Don't escalate it. You're in their territory. There's no reason to be like that. I mean, it's yeah. Not everyone's going to be as friendly as we are in uh, in section 158. There, um, there's going to be people that are that are going to be trying to start stuff. Just let it go. You're, you're nope. Help us not on the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. <laughs> but it is funny, you know. As I look back, I think I'm at 28, 29 stadiums, whatever it is. But I got to go to like both stadiums in Detroit, right? The old Silver Dome and the new Ford Field. I got to go to both stadiums. Last two stadiums I've been to in Indianapolis, the RCA Dome and whatever the hell the Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, I was in Minnesota's old stadium, which was probably one of the worst stadiums itself. Now, fans were great, but one of the worst stadiums, the old uh, Metrodome. Uh, that was the year before they moved out of that. Uh, got to go to both stadiums in the city up north, uh, city near West Virginia, uh, obviously here in Cincinnati, both stadiums. Uh, so it's a real cool experience. There's nothing better than going on the road, having fun with friends. And it's even better when the Bengals win on the road. It is a great ride home. There's nothing better than a win in another stadium. I love Paul Brown, of course, but winning in another stadium is amazing. Luke, uh, Luke asked me how many stadiums I've been to. And, um, I mean, I guess if there's 32. After this year, I should have four left. James, or Jimmy, if I remember correctly, after this year, you have two. Is that uh, right? Three. I'm not going to be able to get to no, – no new stadiums for me this year. Okay, so three is what three is what you still need to do. All right, let's get back. Let's get an idea, James. What what was Chris saying? We're gonna have to kind of push this to another date. Nope, nope. He said uh, five minutes about three minutes ago. So he apologized. That it's been a long day. So we'll give him the the five minutes there, and uh, we've waited this long, and we'll we'll have him on. So um, just to add, yeah, you, know, your, you know who's going to you know you know who's going to bed right now. You know Tony the Tiger's in bed right now. He's past his bedtime. <laughs> We got in trouble because our fantasy draft was so late last year. Uh, Nine o'clock. He's like, I've been in bed for two hours. So yeah, we apologize, Tony. We're keeping you up uh, on a school night. So so everybody, everybody that's just tuning in, Chris uh, got stuck somewhere. He's on the way home. Uh, We had Charlotte, the head uh, head cheerleading coach for the Cincinnati Bengals, on. She was awesome. DJ Primetime uh, stepped away from a a, a an event he was at uh, to come on and talk to us for a little bit. So we still plan on uh, we still plan on having uh, uh, Chris on here. We we've spent a lot of time here, kind of prepping for Chris. So 
we appreciate if you can hang on. If you're able to, great. Uh, if not, uh, at the end of the day, we will be. Uh, this is obviously recorded, and uh, we'll get this to you guys. Uh, you guys will be able to watch it. But it, it's we got a lot of good stuff with Chris coming up here. So you, know, I'll you guys were mentioned. You guys were mentioned in the stadiums and Buffalo. I would agree with you, Caleb. I think they got a couple of snowballs thrown in uh, my direction, but uh, also probably one of the best tailgates. Uh, Tailgating with Pinto Ron there, and um, who's the guy that drinks out of a bedpan? Has the meatballs out of a bedpan? Yeah, drink? Buffalo Captain Balls. Buffalo. Buffalo Balls. <laughs> yeah, Captain Buffalo. So they're uh, they're unique, and I think a lot of it depends on you know how the team's doing. I remember going to Kansas City eight years ago, and they were you know bad, and you know if the team's down, it's, it's certainly a lot easier experience than when you're going into a, a division leader that's uh, well on its way into the playoffs, they can certainly be a lot more, uh, a lot more hostile than, uh, than a losing team. So well, I'm sure it depends the on, the, on the situation. Uh, you know, I, I had a great experience in Nashville, but I know you guys that went down for the playoffs last year. It was not great as time. smooth. Oh, was it? Okay. Some people said I, it was not as smooth. It was, it was no, now the, the, I see. Agree with James's point about the uh, magnitude of the game changes it. In 2017, I believe was the Sunday night game in Kansas City. Every everyone was super friendly. Everyone was super super nice there. But I can't necessarily say that that was the case in the AFC Championship. At least for the people sitting next to us, they were uh, they sure were giving us quite a hard time. Yep. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, it looks like right, Chris looks is like- dialing in. Uh, Caleb, I want to put you back out here real quick and see if we can't get Chris. Wait till he gets in here. Yep, he's uh, he's there. We had his picture. We'll see if we can get him. Uh, so he's in the waiting room. room. There he is. He, he can hey, Chris, how you doing tonight? What up? How you doing? Doing good. Up, we appreciate you. we uh, appreciate you taking the time to uh, to join us. Uh, Chris, a, a star at Ben Davis, which is literally two minutes down the road from where I'm at uh, right now. Went to uh, have a great college career at uh, at Michigan. Six round draft pick this year. Goes to the Super Bowl as his rookie year. What a uh, rookie season! And uh, proud to have you on, Chris. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, Chris, uh, what's going on, bro? Thanks for uh, for joining us today. So we got some videos we want to share with you. But I, I do want to talk about the charities, man. If you can see the screen here, I got uh, not a former teammate, but somebody who uh, played linebacker for Michigan uh, as you were uh, the year after uh, he graduated, you, you came in. But uh, Joe Bolden, uh, middle linebacker from Cincinnati Coleraine High School, uh, Basically, I asked you. I called Joe. And I said, "Joe, man, he, he was a uh, what? What was he, James? At the end of the day, when he 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 after he played his last year at uh, grad assistant, grad assistant. Grad assistant. So uh, your your freshman year, Chris, he was a grad assistant, and uh, he remembers very vividly his first comment without hesitation to me. He goes, "I remember uh, him being really involved in the community. Kids absolutely loved him. They gravitated to him. Uh, that was uh, Joe Bolden, middle linebacker." Uh, for the uh, 
uh, for the Michigan Wolverines from 2012 to 2015. So are you able to talk about some of the charities and some of the things you're doing with some of the kids in the area? Yeah, um, I have a charity called CE Stars, and pretty much we just center around inner city youth and um, just bringing the inner city and the suburb suburban um, kids and, and, and bring them to, to you know what I mean, bring them bring them together and play football. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just bring them together and from all parts of the, all parts of life. And, um, you know what I mean? Just for a good cause and just make it, make it all work for them. So that, so each, so each, each side can see the same, um, situation. The suburb kids can be grateful for what they have. And the, you know, the kids from any city, you know what I'm saying? They can, they, they can still play with them as far as like with the, with the, like donations and, you know what I mean? They, they, they don't have to pay as much as the as the sub- suburb kids play because they're already like one parent one parent homes and stuff like that. So we have a lot of um, donors and um, you know what I'm saying get donations and stuff whatever we can get um, those kids to be able to play. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, we're gonna play a video here, Chris. So it's not there's no sound on it, but we'll talk about your high school playing days there, Ben Davis in Indianapolis High School. Uh, but uh, it was fun and spending some hours t- uh, today and yesterday uh, or this week. Uh, kind of doing some research, but in 2014, you guys won a state championship uh, there at Ben Davis, and you set all kinds of high school records, man. But talk about uh, your your high school career for a little bit. Yeah, man. I um, I came in as a freshman, played quarterback, um, and I. Uh, oh my bad! I'm watching as I, as it was going. As, as I was talking, but I came I came in as a freshman, played quarterback, played quarterback in high school. I mean, and and in middle school, and I um, got switched to slot um, because we had a good quarterback, which is actually good for me. So I just I just wanted to be a team player and help help out the team anyway, and being able to get on the varsity field as much as possible. So I played a little bit of running back, uh, mainly slot. And in my senior year, um, I played mainly running back. So when I was getting recruited, I got recruited as an all-purpose back just to be able to do that and and what helps me helps me to this day is that I I started out playing receiver after I played quarterback so I learned all the fundamentals of receiver so then now now to this day my game the little things the little nuanced things I learned as a receiver helps me like wait and play running back so I have to I had to get used to that that mindset of running in between the tackles once I got to um, college because I really have to do that and um early in my high school career yes yeah, I saw you know watch that the video clips probably eight or nine minutes and. Man, you had a boatload of just uh, – they had you flanked out at different times. You were uh, great hands as a receiver. I mean, that's a, a great thing for all-purpose all back, uh, you know, now in the NFL, uh, being that, that uh, versatile to be able to do all those things. So, so let's go, let's go, to, uh, let's go to, the, to Michigan real quick. Uh, let's talk about uh, the time up in Michigan here. I'm going to play the – so this is your very first game, your very first game in Michigan against Hawaii at Michigan. Uh, you went off, man. You had, uh, I think that game you had uh, 100 plus yards in like two and a half quarters. They took you out because you guys are smoking these guys. But here's a highlight video, real quick. I want everybody to see uh, of Chris at Michigan here. Quarterbacks love offensive linemen. This is Chris Evans, the freshman, down to the 10, showing up. Terrible start and a pretty good go of it since then. Chris Evans. Inside the 10, the 5 dies for the pylon. You saw it. Pretty cool under pressure as well. Evans. There you go. Goodbye. 
So your very first game at Michigan, you went 112 yards in like two quarters, 14 carries, and a touchdown, man. You you remember your first game, your first touchdown? You remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember it. So so at Michigan, uh, Chris had four years at Michigan, almost had 18 rushing yards, uh, 5.6 yards per carry, 15 touchdowns, uh, almost 500 yards receiving, almost 10 yards of reception, and two touchdowns. So you can see, as I get to this next video clip here, his versatility came into play really quick uh, early in the season here for the Bengals. Here it is. Snap away. Open for the touchdown. What a grab by Chris Evans. And that's going to be a Bengal touchdown. Reeves Mabin out here one-on-one. -on -one. Look at the bottom of your screen. All the dangerous guys are up on the top. Just a little stutter and go. That's the matchup you're looking for if you can get that tight. You're taught as soon as you get to any of these franchises. There's Allen on third down. Dumps it off. Inside the 10, down the sideline, Evans. And he steps out of bounds. Allen on fourth down. Catches made by Evans for a Bengals touchdown. So everybody that's viewing right now, obviously um, both of Chris's touchdowns this year in his rookie year were receiving touchdowns, but he averaged uh, four and a half yards per carry uh, in the backfield as well. So, man, it, the, the versus so going back to high school, you playing receiver and running back, that really helped you throughout your career, it looks like. Would that be accurate? Yeah, sure. I, um, yeah, just the, just the nuance and the fundamentals, the, a lot that I see today is like from the, the fundamental like edge over over some of the guys, you know what I'm saying? So I can be able to do that and the releases and stuff like that. Lions clip. Like if I didn't play receiver in high school, like I wouldn't have feel like release couldn't be, you know what I'm saying, as smooth as it was. Gotcha. That that touchdown in Detroit, Chris, I believe was a, a little bit special. Going to school in Michigan. Uh correct me if I'm wrong. Did you work at that um, at Lions Field while you were in college? Um, helping out some charities. Yeah, so I had to. I had my charity. So, so my charity and I, my nonprofit. Um, when you're in Detroit, you can run um, security and get forty dollars a person to help who helps security, like at the event, like not security, but like hand out pamphlets and hand out stuff like that before the game. So I did that while I was suspended in 2019 with my team, my kids from Michigan to help raise money, and um, when I. Uh, got to go go to Detroit to play. Um, my kids got a suite and um they got to see me score and they got I got to talk to them after the game. And it was just it was just a full circle moment that I was really in there a security watching the Giants versus the, the Lions in nineteen and not coming in my rookie year and uh and I was kids that were there um nineteen was that was there when I scored, so I was I was big. What a special moment, um, for sure, to uh, to go back to where you spent uh, four or so years in Ann Arbor, get your first NFL touchdown there in uh, Detroit. Uh, tell us about uh, the rookie season, obviously culminating in the um, in the Super Bowl appearance in uh, in LA. How much of an adjustment was it from uh, college to the longest NFL season ever? Yeah, it was cool. Um, it was it's, it's it's real taxing on the body, um, especially out there. Special special teams, special teams is a it's a war. Out there. Just as much as they're getting hit, 
like we're either hitting somebody or getting hit on special teams. So um, it was I got a couple injuries on that, but like a lot of everybody, everybody on the team was dealing with something. We played 24 games, including um, 21 games, including preseason. So 24 in total. So got uh, nicks and bruises, and ankles and and, and scratches, and you get into the shower after the game and got cuts everywhere, and then in the hot water hurts your cuts. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. So it was just conditioning, summer conditioning. So um so I stay in shape. I feel like I wasn't as prepared as I as I want to be conditionally wise for uh for the season to start. So, so yeah. Talk about how much of an influence Joe Mixon's been in that running back room for you, especially last year as a rookie and being a, a teammate of it of him in the Bengals backfield. Good. Uh he's a he's a different guy. Um on third, he's running it all the way down to the touchdown. And he does it to just himself. Like, you know I mean, we, we every time I get the ball, I'm trying to score. And um, also, you know what I'm saying, gets him in shape um, to have him finish those long runs and stuff. So just seeing him doing that, seeing how he just attacks his craft and just works hard every day and just, you know what I mean, leaves no doubt that he's going, he's, 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 he's one of the hardest workers on the team. So, yeah. Yeah, Chris, uh, you know, Dave Lapham, the voice of the Bengals has, has mentioned many times that so often you see the biggest adjustments, uh, improvements in a player between his first and second year. What things are you looking to, you know, work on this year? Uh, and what was your biggest adjustment coming into the NFL? Was there much that surprised you? Um, preseason for rookies and like late, late round free agent guys is like so exhausting. Exhausting things I don't do in my life. Like we're out there at this time we're playing um Tampa and it's down to me and the last running back because we're brand new and we're rotating every drive. We're playing all the special teams, like every special team. So you'll go out there and get three runs and then you're on punt. The defense will go three and out and then you're on punt return and then you come back out. Uh, with that and certainly I was gonna tell him not not to worry too much about the special teams. That's nothing against Darren Simmons, who uh, I think everybody has a lot of respect for. But I got a feeling uh, they get too much look on you. You're you're done playing gunner. You're done uh, returning punts and so forth. We'll be protecting you a little bit more to, to run from scrimmage and to catch passes from Joe Burrow. So very excited yes, for, uh, for, sure. for this coming up season and uh, very thankful you're a Bengal. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, man. James, go ahead. Close it up. One bud. No, Chris, again, we appreciate everything that you do. The, the charity work for the, for the kids, especially the inner city kids, is, is great. Um, we help a lot of charities uh, here on the show. So anything we can do to help spread that word, uh, please let us know. We're, we're, we're happy to, uh, to do that. And, again, uh, glad you're, you're a Bengal and you have to make that two-hour drive down 74 to uh, Cincinnati and don't play at Lucas Oil on um, Sunday. So, again, I think you, you cut out there a little bit, but um, what we're seeing is the, the culmination of, you know, what started at Ben Davis, your diversity there, uh, both in the backfield and as a wide receiver, um, what you did at Michigan, those highlights there, of that Hawaii game your freshman year. Um, speak volumes. Um, I think you were a steal to get you where we got, uh, got you in the draft. Uh, glad you're a Bengal. And uh, honestly, look forward to the big things this year coming off the, the Super Bowl run. So appreciate you being a Bengal, Chris. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. See you, big dog. Thanks, buddy. Who day, Chris? See you, bud.
All right. Those are those were uh, good video clips you uh, pulled from the archives, Jimmy. Thanks for doing that. It's been hours putting that together. Damn it. <laughs> that was. Uh, those were. Uh, I tell you what. Those were some pretty spectacular highlights. And, and those that don't know, Ben Davis is one of the the powerhouse schools here in uh, Indianapolis, located on the west side of um, town. I think, as you said, won a state championship that year in, in 2014, and and uh, perennial. Uh, Top school every uh, every year. Yeah, I, I tell you what's interesting. I mean, reading all these articles about him, right? Tough, physical, shifty, uh, all-purpose back. I, I'm going to tell you right now. <clears throat> I don't know this for a fact. I'm just telling you how I feel. This is my opinion. Chris is going to see a huge expanded role in, in this team this year, especially within this offense. Um, don't be surprised. To, to see Chris Evans have a breakout season this season. I know why. Joe Burrow, the new offensive lineman, Joe Mixon in the backfield. Joe Mixon can't carry every single time. You're going to see Chris Evans be more part of this offense than he was last year. He's going to have a breakout season this year. I'm, I'm pretty excited about him. He's This kid, um, I, mean, I could believe that, that high school video, I mean, all of his, most of his highlights were from the receiving position, and he was just unbelievable. Uh, and, and his statistics, even in college, I mean, Unbelievable! Uh, the guy is uh, uh, the guy's going to be a very, very big uh, addition to that Bengals offense this year. He's going to have a breakout season, in my opinion. One hundred percent. I think Joe Mixon was rated top five running back in the league by ESPN, but um, I think Zach, who we had on last week there, and, and Brian Callahan know that with these longer seasons, they got to keep the the tread on their running back. So. Giving Chris more touches, um, I think, is going to be something, as you alluded to, we're going to see a lot more of uh, the upcoming year. Well, let's let's go ahead and go through here, guys. We are This has probably been the longest episode we've ever had in three years. Uh, we do appreciate Chris at least trying to make it on with us, that Wi-Fi connection. Uh, we do know somebody on the screen here that might be able to fix that Wi-Fi for him, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. So let's just go around the horn, James, and we'll start with you and go down to uh, Caleb, then Tom, and we'll close it out. And we appreciate uh Allie and Chris for getting Chris Evans uh, to join us uh, again. Chris doing community work, so kudos to uh, to him. And excited for for next week's show. Um, that first Super Bowl episode we did with uh, the seven or eight players from that Super Bowl team was probably one of the the favorite um, shows that we ever had on. And I think this one is going to be every bit as good on um, on Sunday. So kudos to. Uh, you, Jimmy, for getting everybody together. I know Willie Anderson was a big part on, on getting a lot of the teammates involved and excited for uh, next week's show. And I'm just waiting for the text from Jamie tonight to see how many thousands of dollars of loonies he won in his poker tournament. Tom? No, again, uh, great guest tonight. Appreciate uh, all of Chris's efforts and uh, Charlotte and DJ. But uh, pretty big week of news for what is typically the, the desert for NFL fans news from the Bengals this past week and a big announcement coming up this week. So uh, we'll go from there and have something else uh, very positive, which has become the norm. And, uh, you know, we'll see everybody last Sunday. We appreciate everybody's patience tonight with Chris, Jimmy, Caleb. Oh, go ahead, Caleb. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I also want to thank all the guests for coming on. I'm, I'm definitely excited about the, uh, the new DJ. I'm glad that he knows the rules. No black and yellow, no Wiz Khalifa, and uh, definitely no Renegade. For sure, we're not going to be playing that song either. Going to have to reiterate and pound that home. Um, awesome, Chris, to come on there. Sorry I was having some connection issues, but I do know a guy, as you guys know. We may be able to uh, 
help him out there if you guys uh, pass that information along. Um, but now it was, it was a great show. I'm really looking forward to next week. I thought the reunion show was one of the best shows that we've ever had. Um, as you guys all know, I did schedule engagement pictures with my lovely fiance several, several months before we had this scheduled. So I'm going to still try to sneak out and get back as quick as I possibly can. Don't do it. Don't do it. Jimmy's, Jimmy's uh, discouraging that. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how quick we can run through there. I mean, it's yeah. good. Um, if, if you got the dogs, if you got the dogs involved, you're never going to get done. You'll be doing them till Monday. No, no dogs. We that's okay, uh, okay. up on. We're we're doing them up in Dayton. So they'll end up on the highway. They'll be on 75 if I let the four huskies. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess I'll be a little repetitive here, guys. Uh, I, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, the longest show we've ever had in three years, and we still got a pretty good chunk of people in the in the in the area in the room here. Uh, next week, guys, massive, massive show. Uh, seven or eight, I forgot, I lost track, uh, of the 2005 AFC North championship team. So uh, that's going to be a, a lot of fun, that reunion uh, next week. Uh, there's also might be a couple surprises next week. We, we won't get, dig any further than that. Uh, thank you to Charlotte. Thank you to, to DJ Primetime. Uh, the Ring of Honor announcement is likely coming out this week. Um, here we go, Willie and uh, – Lamar and Isaac and, and all the guys that uh, everybody on that list is deserving. But uh, uh, let's, I can't wait to hear that announcement. I cannot wait for the season to go, get going here, guys. And uh, we will see you guys next Sunday. Thanks for hanging in with us. And we appreciate you guys today. We'll see you next Sunday. Good day. Good day.